A Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of This Is Wrestling. I'm your host, as always, Roy Turner. Hey, so, wow, as part of our WrestleMania uh, coverage, we've got so much great stuff and special stuff. And normally it's a weekly show. And, of course, during you know the biggest week of the year for wrestling is WrestleMania. And we are in Los Angeles and giving you a daily program. And, of course, we uh, we're happy to have covered uh, SmackDown. And the Hall of Fame and the uh, Undertaker's Dead Man Show. I hope you've already checked out that program and that coverage because we had a lot of good time and a, and a really good time covering that. Uh, then on to Saturday, uh, of course, was uh, the first part of the day. Actually, we was spent at uh, Mattel outside of Los Angeles in El Segundo uh, for a great private tour uh, with some influencers uh, like myself and, the, and and some others. And great appearance by Omas and MVP. Um from the WWE were there. And you can find that coverage along with both days of WrestleMania. Uh, so I hope that, you know, as you're listening to this program, you're going back and, and if you haven't already and heard those programs. Uh, and so what we're going to uh, be covering here uh, on Saturday, I'm sure on Sunday, is two things. Uh, this going to be in one program. Is First, I'm going to talk about WrestleCon which is a separate event from WWE that I was uh, I was only able to attend very, very briefly. And then I want to talk about my time at the press conference, uh, the post-WrestleMania press conference on Sunday evening, which in and of itself was something uh, quite interesting. And you're going to hear me tell, like the only way to, to talk about that is to tell that story to somebody that would get it. And I did it with my friend Chris McDonald, who was also a wrestling journalist who was also there at WrestleMania. He wasn't part of the press conference, and he wasn't there as a media member this year. He just went with his brother uh, as a fan, and I went down to their seats and, and was able to hang with them for a bit. So uh, just a great um, thing I, I like for you to be able to hear. It's, it's pretty humorous. Uh, it's also... Uh, it's also illuminating. <laughs> I learned a lot. I think you will too uh, with that. But uh, so, uh, but one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about was was uh, my time at WrestleCon, which was brief but significant and uh, and prolific. And unfortunately, here's what should have happened. So, if you guys follow, of course, the Twitch stream, which is twitch.tv slash DJ Tricky Kid, and we talk about, you know, I have eight different shows. Of course, I have the main show, Tricky Kid Radio. This is all the podcasts, of course, that you can get on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, wherever you're getting your your, your podcasts. Uh, then, of course, I have the, the the one you're listening to right now. This is wrestling, uh, but all we and all the other ones, but we do all of that in one stream, sometimes live. 
and mentioned like the Mattel thing earlier. Like I like they I left with this great big bag of toys. I opened them and unboxed them live on Twitch. You definitely want to be a, be a part of that. The reason why I mentioned it here was because we had one of my favorite wrestlers, one of my favorite people in the entire world, original glow girl, gorgeous ladies of wrestling, Roxy Astor who was why I went to WrestleCon was to go see her and, and, and connect with her. Her and I are great friends um, outside of the, the, the wrestling business. We're actually friends in real life. Uh, and and so anyway, so I had her come on the stream and we talked about WrestleCon. There were a few things that, that it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't find its way into our conversation that I would have talked about separately anyway. So we, we would be doing this anyway, but what I'm remiss to tell you is that I wanted to include Roxy's contribution to the stream here. And unfortunately, we had some, some or she didn't, I had some audio issues as I tend to do when we do the stream. And so if you missed the stream live, that was the only way to have heard it. So, but we wanted to say we love you, Roxy, and she gifted me this amazing uh, vinyl recreation of the original glow girl locker room with all these great autographs and stuff so and you can see all that again on the twitch stream so i hope that you're you know you're going to want to go there and check that out and i think that roxy is actually currently on the glow girl cruise she uh, does this cruise every year with all the original surviving glow gals and fans and stuff and one of these days i'm going to hop on that boat man i just i can never seem to make that happen but Anyway, thank you, Roxy. Hope you are having a good time there on the cruise. So again, so Russell Khan, so check this out. So here's what happened. I mentioned Chris uh, and his brother, uh, Johnny. Uh, so I met up with them. This is on Sunday before WrestleMania. I only had a few short minutes before I had to get over to the stadium. Uh, and and I like going to WrestleCon in the sense that it's, you know, it's, it's smaller, it's more intimate. Um... But I mean, but the main and the reason I would get her was would be for the vendors. I mean, like I, I'm not really a guy that's going to stand in line and in and for somebody's autograph, and and I'm certainly not going to pay for it, and I don't need the photos and all that. And I know that sounds like I'm dissing people that do. You don't. It's a fan convention. That's what you're supposed to do. Is you're a fan, go there and do fan shit. And I'm a fan too, but I also do this, and this would compromise my position and i'm just not really that kind of guy man i'm just i would love to meet them and have them on the program and have a, an actual real conversation with them it's not necessarily about the money but it's just the money makes it transactional and that's not what i'm interested in so so it, it doesn't really going to hold a whole lot for me other than just the kind of just the novelty that it's like you're standing in this like weird food court <laughs> where instead of like you know you go over to orange julius and then panda express and then chick-fil-a instead it's sergeant slaughter um you know tony storm and you know and then i don't know the honky-tonk man it's just like you know it is there is a bit of a kind of a of a sad deal because it's kind of like you know the mickey Rourke movie the wrestler that you know you know if you're here it's because you're not part of the big show anymore I mean that that that's established, except there are exceptions. That there there that there are sometimes that there are bigger stars that are in rival promotions, uh, and they were there. And because like you, you couldn't say that you know, and arguably the, the the probably the most famous or the most biggest deal in wrestling right now is actually Sasha Banks, who is now wrestling as by her first real name Mercedes. 
Mercedes Monet for New Japan, she was there. And I wanted to talk about that for a second. And a lot of the AEW stars were there. You know, we just had Anna Jay on the show. Um, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I wanted to kind of go in order here. So, but you know, I'm saying like, like there's a lot of the things where you're going to see, you know, like I shouldn't have been able to just walk by and literally there's Bret Hart behind a folding table. You know, they're like Bret Hart should be, you know, in some vaults and you have to, you know, make some type of pilgrimage to him uh and and be chosen you know or something it was just it's just it's just odd and awkward to see that um at times but it's also great when you get to see you know every you know people that you that you haven't seen in a long time and and um you kind of you know really see them all together i know it's a and i know it's a lot of fun for them because it's like a big reunion um, for the actual wrestlers. Sometimes this might be the only time they actually see each other since they're not actually working together anymore. So, so, and you can kind of feel that excitement on, on, you know, from them as well. But so let me just kind of go in order here. So again, I meet up with, with, uh, <clears throat> sorry, with my friend, Chris and his brother, Johnny. And I actually had already had been there for a short amount of time. And so had they, and we just kind of found each other. And the funny thing was, was before I saw them, like I said, I just happened to walk by and there's Bret Hart, no line he's two feet from me behind a folding table and he said the other way around he's actually talking a fan's like head off and just kind of giving him some of that Bret Hart you know knowledge or I don't know maybe he was bitching about something I don't know uh but we learned kind of pretty quickly why there was no line two reasons perhaps one one thing that, that felt this way was it really kind of felt like when you're late to a party and I don't mean like 20 minutes late. I mean, like when the party starts at eight and it's going to be kind of done by midnight and you show up at like 1145 and you're, and they're just kind of like, Oh, well, I think there's a couple of beers left over there. Um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe one slice of pizza left, you know, it had that vibe. Number two was that he was charging, I think a hundred dollars for this, which that's the meaning you know, for an average fan. I mean, that that's not going to be, that's, 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 that's going to be where the rubber meets the road there. You're probably only going to be able to get one autograph instead of, you know, 10 or five or whatever it is. So there's that. And how we learned the price was that Chris was somebody that would have been potentially one of his customers, but but not not at that price. Uh, then we're walking around. I saw Summer Ray. I really like her. It was good to see her. She looked very, her real name is Danielle. I think Monier, she's going by uh, um, now. And she, uh, she didn't, she, she looked great, but she, I mean, you wouldn't have gone, oh, it's Summer Rae. She's, I think she's kind of going by more of a, her natural hair color and kind of going for a different look. Cause I didn't recognize her at first. Uh, and that was in one room and this is at the Biltmore hotel, by the way, which is in downtown Los Angeles. It's a very nice, it's a very old, but very nice hotel. It has a very, a very Victorian feel to it, which made everything kind of sprawled out. I said, everything being in like one room, it was just in several rooms. I go down in, into kind of the main hallway, and I, I got recognized, which was kind of cool, by some wrestling fans who were fans of this show. And then also, as you guys know, I do the color commentary for a great promotion here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called TSW, which stands for Texas Style Wrestling, which you should go to TSWplus.com and also get the app, and you can see all the great episodes. We have a lot of great talent, and talent you're, you're probably even familiar with. We've, have, we've had Tim Storm, you know, Teddy Long as part of the program, and... A lot of things like that. So 
anyway, found uh, great seeing some TSW fans out there and also fans of this show. And, and thank you all for, for coming up and saying hello. I always said before, if you see me, you recognize me, you know, absolutely say hi. I'm, I'm as, as approachable as they get. And it was kind of a, of an ego kind of cool thing, too, because it happened. And while I'm like being recognized, that's when Chris and Johnny saw me. And I actually have Chris to thank for because he's the one who introduced me to the TSW people. So anyway, uh, but while we were there, we saw this humongous line, like I said, out the door. And that was, of course, Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet. And like I mentioned with Bret Hart, this is kind of how it should be. You shouldn't just be able to just, oh, hi, Sasha. Like, it's Sasha Banks. She should be in, like, in this vault thing. And she kind of was. Like, the setup was, like, and and you you know this was this had to have been some of her doing. Because in this other big room, everybody, you know, probably, like, 40 people were sharing this room. And it was plenty of room for 40 people. The room that she was in was also big enough to probably host about 40 people. And she was the only one in there. Like, and I think she was like, you know, I'm going to be, you know, by myself. I'm going to be at the throne. You know, and that's, hey, that's great marketing. I think it's also legitimate ego. Uh, the only crit critique I would have to say of this is that I guess, you know, I'm guilty too. I wanted to get a closer look at her. I, you know, I think she's amazing. And, uh, so I didn't get in line, but I went into the room and just to kind of get a closer look. And it was just crazy. Uh, I think she was charging like 40 bucks, which is just, yeah, I mean, I mean, in almost in that regard, it almost sounds like it's too low. Like you shouldn't like the only thing coming between you and, and like talking to Sasha is, is, is two $20 bills. That isn't, there's something about it. That doesn't quite seem right. But anyway, this huge line is in her line. Um, and, uh, and it was just the critique I have is this is that she's charging forty bucks, I think, for an autograph, forty bucks for a picture, I don't know, maybe like seventy five or something for, for the combo. And I know she's gotta get through the line and everything else, but this was the most minimal effort I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And you know, she kinda has a reputation for that. Well, you know. Um <laughs> sorry. Had a little something, something. Well, I can confirm, at least in this case, people would walk up, nervous as hell. She'd sign something, and she was seated behind this little, this little round table, very small. And they would go behind the table. She would not stand. She would just raise her whatever hand and give the peace sign. And like almost like no talking. And then she had this little bottle of sanitizer, and then she would she would like scrub her hands and then repeat, rinse and repeat. And people were thanking her for the autograph. Thank you for letting me stand in line for an hour and pay money uh, for your autograph in this wholly forgettable stand next to you while you hold up the peace sign and you really haven't said anything to me like at all. Like I mean, just so I thought that was kind of lame. Anyway, and then, so then I left there, and there's a, a great step and repeat, and we took some pictures there. You, you probably have seen it on my Instagram account, which is uh, DJ Tricky Kid, Instagram.com slash DJ Tricky Kid. Then you go into the basement, and, and, and I, don't, I don't mean that as a, as a, as a derogatory thing, because I mean, Mick Foley was down there, but, it been, but he belongs in the boiler room, right? I mean, it kind of you know, makes sense, but, uh, but this was, uh, so I'm down there, 
and I sold this great vendor who I bought a bunch of cards from. Um, and actually, I'm not even sure. Actually, this is not even the basement. This is this is the this is yeah. This is lower level. But we're yeah. But we're not yet in the basement. That's right. We're at the lower level. And I saw this vendor, like I said, and uh, <clears throat> and then I hear Roxy's voice, but she doesn't see me. And again, we told this story on Twitch, but I so I go over to her. Oh, and somebody wanted to get a photo with her or something, whatever. And she doesn't see me, and they're kind of looking for somebody to take the photo. And I just, you know, she heard my voice before she saw me, and of course, she knows my voice instantly. But we haven't seen each other in person for a while. I mean, she's been on the show a few times via Zoom, but we haven't been in the same room together in quite a while. And I just go, well, I'll take the picture, and she immediately, of course, recognizes my voice, and you know, and, and we have this great fun reunion. And as part of this cruise thing, like I said, she was giving away this jacket, and she was get, having everybody sign it. And uh, Tony Storm, like I said, was right over there, and she's a big Motley fan, and, and, and her and I have always had great talks, and we're both big Motley fans and stuff. So, uh, so it was just kind of cool that I was actually able to introduce Roxy to Tony. And there's a great picture of that, of course, also on my Instagram as well, and you know, of Tony signing this great jacket for the fan that's probably happening right now, like I said, on this cruise. And Tony's the coolest man. So, uh, so then uh, Roxy and I chatted for what you know as long as we could um before i had to head out and it was cool uh but it cost me my limited time i had at russell but i was still it was still time well spent any time with roxy astor is time well spent i'm just telling you that, that i didn't get as much if you're thinking well god that's all you did well you know i i probably spent 45 minutes talking to her which that's not an exaggeration and her and i could have could have talked on into the night, and we, of course, got together again later in the week uh, while I was in, uh, in Los Angeles. But anyway, um, so now I go, I'm looking, I just want to cover everything, and so I, I find that there's another area, and now this is the basement. This is where McFoley is. And I had this great conversation with this guy. He had a great Alexa Bliss card that I wanted, but he it was way too much uh, for me. I'm not saying he was overcharging. It was just that's not, I was not in my ballpark there. And I see Mick, but here's what's funny is that, like, I just happened. I wasn't going to be wearing this at the stadium. I just threw on something to get over to WrestleCon before I headed to the stadium. And um, and I happened to be wearing a T-shirt that you guys, of course, might, might remember Jasmine St. Clair. Of course, she started uh, her claim to fame, of course, early on was she was a huge uh, adult film star in the 90s. Then she joined WCW. Uh, and then I think, or ECW or something. And so, so she's been part of wrestling for a while. And now she's kind of back with this really, uh, crazy ass promotion called XPW. Remember we had Misha Montana on not that long ago. And we had, and so we had Jasmine on last year. She sent me this shirt and I was wearing it. And I don't know why I didn't, it never even, it didn't occur to me that she would even would be there. Cause I, it's not that I don't equate her with wrestling, but I but I, I don't. You know what I mean? Not because I shouldn't or I should or should not. You know, it's just that I don't automatically, oh, Russell Khan. I wonder if Jasmine St. Clair is going to be there. That's just, you know, I think of her in a different different area. She's a renaissance gal. She's got this one-man, uh, one-gal show. That's actually the T-shirt I was wearing was in promotion of uh, this, this kind of one-gal show thing that she does. So anyway, walking around the basement, say hello to Mick. And I see Anna J, and I and uh, next to I think she's dating like the Jungle Boy guy or whatever. 
and she's the coolest. Like I said, we had her on the show last, around December of last year. And I told her, I said on the show, I said, I said, hope the next time we talk, it's going to be in person. And so I walked by her, I was like, hey, how's it going? And, and we went over and chatted for a bit. And I felt kind of felt bad because it was like, again, maybe because it was slow on a Sunday, but I think she's a massive star. I think, you know, like there should be, the line should be, be almost, if not as long for her as it is for Sasha. And so I was just kind of like, oh man, you know, this girl, does, she should be sitting in the basement down here. She should be upstairs being, you know, completely uh, engrossed in, in, in fans literally worshiping her um but we had a nice chat she's a she's a great gal great person i think she's a total star so i'm I'm making my final little round there and i just happened to bump into jasmine but here's the thing i had forgotten i was wearing the shirt and she points she goes oh my god she goes you're wearing she goes you're wearing the shirt and she looks up and she sees it's me she goes oh my god hey how are you you know now let me say this (laughs) my deal with jasmine is this is Jasmine is never not interesting. She's never not fascinating. And she's still as hot as the day is long. It's she is ridiculously attractive. I mean, this it's at 22 at 32. I think she's like, I don't know. I think she might be 52 by now. I don't know. But my God, you could, she's just so good looking and so striking. But here's the thing. Here, here is what, and this is just me giving you my experience, my observations with my limited experiences with her. Um, when she was on the show, and then leading up to the show, we had talked a bunch via, you know, like DM and Twitter and stuff, whatever. Is again, <laughs> the deal with with Jasmine is this: is that I, I don't know why. And I don't know exactly what it is that I can't quite put my finger on. As you know, I'm pretty good with words. But there's something that should be there that isn't there. I, I mean, I'm not calling, I'm certainly not calling her dumb. She's incredibly intelligent, incredibly articulate. But I don't know if it's it's like this this odd social grace thing. Either, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it's like a thing where like, she doesn't know it exists or she never learned it or whatever. It just seems like she's incapable of it. Like it's just, it's, it's really odd. And then you filter that through this, this thing that she's clearly in love with, which is this whole idea of like Hollywood elite thing. And this isn't her in character. This is, this is her. This is, she clearly is wants to have that whole, you know, I'm an actress, I'm in Hollywood, I'm kind of, you know, elite kind of deal. And uh, what was funny is that she was sitting next to this guy. I don't know if he was another wrestler. Maybe he was a wrestler for XPW, but he was absolutely frightening. Literally covered, as a, I think he was like a white dude, but covered in head. I mean, when I say head, head to toe, I mean like all over his face. It, it, but of this, the, the worst tattoos you've ever seen, and they were like, it looked like if my one of my children had just gotten into the crayons. You know, it was just there was no rhyme, no pattern, no reason. It just, it just looked like he just rolled around in a. I mean, and he's just a big, giant, frightening guy. And I, I really think that that's up her alley. I think that's the kind of dudes that that she's, you know, everybody has their, their type. I really feel like that's. It could have been her boyfriend, for all I know. 
But anyway, she was excited. You know, I was wearing the shirt, excited to see me. I was excited to see her. I said she looked great and everything and everything else. And uh, and again, this is at the end of of WrestleCon. There's nobody in her line. Uh, just by chatting with her, I'm not. I'm I'm painfully and and to be mindful of about not compromising someone's business because again, because they're there to sell and 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 make money, and I'm not a customer, so I'm not going to come between them and that. So I'm always constantly looking over my shoulder, making sure, like, you know, is, is this conversation we're having, keep it light, keep it brief in case somebody walks up. And uh, so anyway, so she comes over to the side of the table and she hands, uh, the, I guess, like the guy that was handling her stuff for her uh, to get a picture with, with, with her and I together. And I wanted one, too. And and so <clears throat> we do it and everything else. And then we were, you know, kind of just like, hey, you know, you ought to you know, come back on the show sometime and. She's like, oh, I'd love to, and you know, she's very friendly, and and then on the drop of a dime, I do see somebody coming up that's behind her, and I'm like, I don't want to kill the action. So I said, hey, I said, well, of course, cool. let's, you know, let's let's, uh, you know, get back in touch with each other, and maybe I'll have my producer, you know, be able to schedule it. And instantly, like she's looking at the person in line who has not waited long. I mean, they haven't even waited at all. I mean, they, they literally just walked up. I mean, this. Like, I see them, I turn and go, okay, cool, let's, you know, I'll have my producer, you know, handle them. And instantly she's like, okay, great, thanks, bye. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and what I mean is, I don't mean, it's just like, it was like, I don't know, it was like, either she was preempting it in a way of like, I'm trying to overanalyze it here, of like, I don't know, it, it's hard to explain. I guess you had to have been there. But it was like, oh, I have a customer now. Like, get out of my face. Like, she wasn't even going to be smooth about it. And I'm the one that's, you know, trying to make sure that the that her customer gets to her in a, in a, in a timely fashion. It was just it was very weird. It was very awkward. But I've had so many. I mean, every time I'm, I, I talk to her, there's one of those moments, you know, where it's just. I remember one time we were talking and she had to, like, we were FaceTiming and she had to go into... I think it was like a Walgreens or something like a like a CVS to pick up some prescription or something whatever. And this was during the pandemic, and I guess she wasn't wearing a mask, and and I guess some Karen type had a problem with it. And she's being like super not you know nice, but like the minute like this woman was like looking at her, she she just she flips and just goes, "Bitch, what are you looking at?" You know, but it's just weird too. It's kind of like when you when you talk to her, you ask her a direct question, and the answer is this this crazy non sequitur thing that doesn't answer the question. It just goes off in this ten part tangential thing, that, and you really have no idea. But by the time she gets to like the second or third part, you don't know what she's talking about. Like I have like you, like it's 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 kind of maddening it's kind of frustrating i was just you're trying to keep her on track you're trying to pull her in and keep it linear and i don't know i i, I my instincts tell me i don't it's it's clinical i don't know what it is again i'm not trying to make any accusations i i, I love jasmine listen to the interview uh that she was on the show you'll, you'll kind of get what i mean i i think it's just it's so strange it's like it's this it's this ego mixed with this odd social thing that's almost like on the spectrum or something. I don't know. It's really wild. 
But it was still great to see her. Again, she looks fantastic, and you can expect to see her uh, back on the program sooner than later, hopefully. And I'm going to get to the bottom of this with her. I'm just going to come right and ask her, are you, are you, do you have Asperger's? No. Um, anyway, I shouldn't make a lot of that, or, or people that, you know, obviously I'm not making a lot of, of people that, that, that have autism or Asperger's. We've done a lot of awareness for that cause, and we'll continue to do so. Anyway, that was just a weird way for WrestleCon to end. <laughs> but anyway, so that that was the WrestleCon experience. I'd love to hear your experience at WrestleCon. Did you guys meet Jasmine there? Did you have a similar experience? I hope you talked to Anna J. Did you have the same? Did how I describe what I witnessed with Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks? That was that an accurate deal? Anyway. So now we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get into this thing with the press conference that you are absolutely not, ain't going to believe. Stick around. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. And I wanted to tell you guys, you got to want to make plans right now. The Ubi Doobie Festival is just around the corner. It is coming. April 22nd to the 23rd, two huge nights at the Panther Island Pavilion in Fort Worth, Texas. It's a great location. I've been out there a hundred times. I've performed out there uh, for some of the some, some bigger raves out there uh, and bigger events. Disco Donnie presents Ubi Doobie. And man, the lineup is just like a like a murderer's row of all your favorites from Cascade to to Rez and Pauline Her. Oh, man, it's going to be uh, just a great, great two days. Get your tickets now at ctickets.us. That's ctickets. That's S-E-E tickets.us. There's also some pretty cool um, packages, you know, for like tickets and hotels. And you can get that uh, at fuseexperience.com. That's F-U-S-E experience.com. Man, I'm going to be out there. Uh, for both nights check this out it's going to be really really cool and just a great great experience uh, and that's not the only thing that disco donnie has on the docket here definitely check them out at disco donnie to see all they've got coming up there's the big so what festival coming up in june uh, and so much more this summer get involved uh, with disco donnie and i will see you at ubi doobie on April 22nd and the 23rd. See you there. Now back to the action. I disclaimed earlier that this is a story that no one is going to believe. I'm there in a press capacity, in a press box. I was going to go to the press conference after on Saturday night and was actually denied entry based yeah. upon my attire. I'm only a pretty snappy dresser, but I wanted to be comfortable that day. And I learned my lesson. Whenever I fly, I always dress up when I fly. So I had dress clothes in town with me. So I prepared for that on Sunday during the Roman Cody match. After I saw the introductions, I left the inside of the stadium. I would love to have seen the match, but this was more important. I have a job to do. When you go down to the very bottom, of your back, just like you see it on TV, and there's Trish Stratus on her phone. 
There's Bailey over there just kind of having lunch. There's was Rhea Ripley being interviewed, you know, just on a road case. Am I even supposed to be here? I learned later that for those that are going to be part of the press conference, we're told to meet in this area behind the stage. And everybody there is dressed to the nines and suits the girls have on all their good shit. But I didn't enter from where I was denied the night before. This is very important. And it was just one of those things where one became two, two became three, and I just lucked out. Because I went up there, some guy who worked at SoFi, and he turned around and asked this guy, like, is it okay if he comes in here? That guy ignored the SoFi employee. And the SoFi guy goes, well, since you got a press pass, I guess it's okay. And I walk into this tiny little nothing room. Yeah. It's not like a locker room. If you were watching the press conference, this little tiny room that they're in before they come out, yeah. it's not to be consumed by anybody that's not working. And I look over and Sami Zayn is sitting on this thing, changing shoes and cursing. And then I look over and Bianca Belair is over here legitimately crying. Like legitimately okay. crying. And then the door opens from this way. Kevin Owens comes in. I'm not supposed to fuck be here. <laughs> in the wrong spot. Like me being here could be cost somebody's job kind of not supposed to be here. I didn't talk to them. I didn't even want to look at them. They're going over the finish. Yeah. It's about to take place. Oh, man. Do you remember I texted yeah, you at this did. point? You said, hey, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you said, hey, no spoilers, but uh, Sammy and Kevin are about to run in. <laughs> you were like, what is this that a That was I'm a spoiler. I'm so sorry. I'm so, I was just in shock. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, okay, what do I do? I got to get out of here. I won't look at them. I'm looking at my phone, but then I thought that might be kind of bad because what if someone thinks that I'm reporting? Oh, yeah. There is one person privy to this. How did it end up being me, Chris? How did it end up being me? Because <laughs> you have a serendipitous life. <laughs> I don't know how, but that's pretty awesome. I was only in there for less than a minute yeah. before, I don't know her name, and bless you, darling, for being so kind to me, because this could have gone very differently. This woman suddenly looks up and goes, who are you? Yeah. But not that dickish. Like, but just, you could tell, like, oh my God, how did this happen? I'm yeah. gonna have to answer for this. And I just very politely said, hi, I'm Roy Turner. I'm here to do for the press conference. And she was just so relieved and was just kind of like, oh, it's actually back here. So yeah. she walks me to the back. Yeah. And then now I see what you okay. see on TV, the right. big setup, right? Yeah. I thanked her, I said, I'm so sorry. She was so cool about it. No problem, smile, introduce ourselves. And she goes back to work. She goes, and you get to watch the match because they had a monitor in there. But what I'm hearing Michael Cole's feed in uh -huh. this room yeah. that was seven seconds later. Uh -huh. So now I'm in this room with like nine crew guys that all work for WWE. I'm not on my phone. I don't say anything. I don't speak to them. I'm just watching the match. Nobody, but I'm in the press conference where I'm supposed to be. I have a press pass and everything else. Yeah. But what I don't realize is that all those people that are for the press conference, are outside in this vestibule waiting to be let in in like 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> you got it early. Very early. <laughs> Suddenly, the door flies open, here comes Sami Zayn. Mm -hmm. 
and then five seconds after it's Kevin Owens yeah and they're high-fiving and talking about what they just did and they stuck around and the guys that they just fought the Usos yeah they come back they come into the the door flies open here comes Jimmy and Jay and all four of them are all hugging and high-fiving. Oh, and, wow. and, and the only person uh-huh. besides the eight crew guys that got to see that moment seconds after it happened. And I just put my head down and enjoying <laughs> hearing it. Wow. That's right? amazing. And they went the way that I, through where I came. I don't want to bring anybody down, but this is kind of heavy. I wanted to tell you this though too. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show about how being at the press conference, the the other ones was that that, that aren't aired uh, was kind of like being at like it was like these people just like okay, dude, like do your podcast at home. Don't be fucking trapping in for twenty minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. What I learned in this, and I wanted to ask you this: if you experienced this, did you go to any of the press conferences last year when when you were a press guy well, in I Dallas? Was thirty two. Okay, I, I was press too. I don't know why we didn't see each other because I yeah. was in that room too. I don't know why we, you know, but they didn't have the press conferences back then. I'm talking about last year. Uh, no, it was like it was a press event. It was before WrestleMania, but it was like John Cena and Triple H. I was at that. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, I was at yeah. that too. I guess we didn't know each other then. I guess it was just, which is funny. Yeah, I know. This seven years ago, eight years ago. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So I tell you this because here's what I here's what I learned, and this was the, the thing that I just couldn't believe. There is this group of journalists, and I'm not talking about like the people from like you know ESPN and mm-hmm. or even Bleacher Report or or whatever. There's this group of fucking douchebag, shithead, fucking YouTubers yeah. that are these narcissist people. They're not there for any other reason. They're like, they're like those fans in the in the audience that are just there to get them. I mean, I think the guy that spends all the money that wears the, the orange shirt that always sits ringside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably obviously loves wrestling because he's out there. Mm-hmm. I saw this group of people, these this this group, about five or six of them, okay, all weekend long. They weren't paying attention to any fucking matches. All they were doing was talking to each other about, I did this and I'm cool and I have to, and it's this whole, again, you, it's great. I'm not shitting on YouTubers, people that are building their own brand. I'm doing it right now, okay? Yeah. But what I'm talking about is is that they think that they are the greatest fucking thing in the world. And it's this hierarchy of like, there's this one guy who was king douchebag, okay? <laughs> okay. And all the other douchebags worship him because how he is the king douchebag is that he actually now has some name recognition with some of the wrestlers for being a douchebag. <laughs> okay? okay? He's proud of it. Well, it's the whole whatever, but it's like, okay, but here's what's so fucked up is that the press, the people who run the yeah. W Press Corps, they support it. Whenever they're doing the mm-hmm. passing the, the, the mic around, yeah. this is who they're giving the microphone to. Oh, man. And that's why they're there. They weren't watching the fucking matches. Yeah. They weren't hanging out. They're not journalists. They're there to get on camera and yeah. ask a question that's going to get them on camera. Do you yeah, understand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the so this is where I wish Jake was here. And this is what I wanted to tell you. And this is where I'll, I'll, I'll wrap and let you get out of here. 
with you. And then Dave, Warrior Dave's coming on, and so is John the Stink. There's a lot more coming up, guys. Okay, so I'm in there, and this guy who was like, just, he'd make your fucking skin crawl. And I was already kind of getting this vibe from these people. Like, I get asked this question, so-and-so, so-and-so, and their question is just so earnesty, douchebaggy. Like, when you see, like, I know we're friends with Rick the Sign Guy. He's a nice guy. You guys know Rick the Sign Guy, the guy with the red hat. He lives just around the corner here. You know, and he's a nice guy, and I don't mean to disappoint him, but there are fans that are there to get themselves over, and you can, you know what I mean? They wear the same clothing and shit. Yeah. But there was just something about all of this where they were like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I, yeah, yeah, that's when, yeah, oh, my God, did you see what Roman was wearing? That's when I talked to him. When was the last time you talked to, you know, like they're, they're talking about road agents and, you know, it's that bullshit. Well, this guy asked a question because if you know that just a few minutes before, during, probably during the Cody match, they made the announcement that WWE was going to be sold to Endeavor. That's right, yeah. The next day. And... Whoever, you know, who who was going to get to ask that question first? Yeah. So while Roman and Paul Heyman are doing the press conference, they get to this guy. I won't fuck. I'm not going to say his name. Not, not just cause I don't, cause I'm just not going to give this guy any more fucking press. And, uh, and he says it. And, of course, he asked the question. And Roman had the, had the greatest response to it. He just goes, I don't know, man. I was kind of busy beating your favorite. <laughs> but here's the thing. Paul Heyman knows who he is. Paul Heyman goes, Paul Heyman goes, he goes, he has a bad habit of asking, of causing trouble at press conferences. Wow. And, it, but this is putting him over oh, yeah. to the other douchebags. Yeah, yeah. Like, and at one point, Roman goes, yeah, he's the improv guy. He goes, and he goes, oh my God, you know that I do improv? That's amazing. And you can see the other five douchebags going, Oh my God! Like they, you know, like you know, they know him. Like he and, got a reaction. And what I learned later, remember when CM Punk apparently had he went off on this fucking tangent? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was like AW. The last time I guess we've seen him on right. TV. Yep. The guy that he said all that to—that's him. Was this guy? Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know who that is, but. Okay. Well, again, I might go to a lot of wrestling press conferences. But here's the thing: he's just some fucking douchebag. Yeah. But but now the WWE Corp, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Like he's he he. We now have a character in our press conferences, right? Yeah. What is he gonna say? And he just, you know, you you know, in your life, and it sounds like I'm old man yells at cloud because I didn't get to answer ask a question. I said he was no. I don't want any part of that shit. What or any of those fucking douchebags, okay? Because right. just the way they act, they're all fucking clowns, okay? Mm-hmm. But then I realized that I actually have a personal bone to pick with this fucking guy, okay? Because at one point, I recognized him. And this is where I really wish Jake was here right now, okay? Because when WrestleMania 32 was here in Dallas for the first time. Yeah. Okay. This was the first time I got to cover WrestleMania and I flew him in. There's a pretty cool thing. When he and I went to WrestleMania 25 together in Houston, he was just a teenager and a writer on our plane for MSNBC wrote his story about Jake and I. Wow. Right? So here we are returning to the scene of the crime seven years later. I fly Jake down from Arkansas. Uh-huh. Okay. 
and as my as, as I had two passes as my plus one. Okay, I you know, and we're up in this little thing, you know, and we're watching, and there was this guy who I guess he was a fucking douchebag then, who. Uh, was like walking around just trying to be this sponge like walking around who are you what do you do what can you do for me how can I milk you like a fucking cow for you know whatever and when and Jake was just you know just like he was a young guy that was only like 19 at the time he gets to Jake and he goes oh I'm here with my uncle and, I, and I'm working, and keep in mind, this is my first time, so I'm all trying to not rock the boat and trying to be cool and, you know, and, 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 and be nice and be good. And Jake came over and told me what this story, and I was always, always wishing he was here now to retell this story, is that he comes and he goes, oh, I get it, dude. You're just the plus one. Mm. And, you know, this kid is so, he's never done anything like this in his life. You know, his uncle has flown him to Dallas, Texas to yeah. be in a fucking suite to be at WrestleMania. And at that WrestleMania, I'm not even sure it was press because at that WrestleMania, it was more like an influencer thing because it was like all these people that were doing influencer shit. Uh-huh. And it was open bar. Yeah. It was catered food. Did y'all have that where you were at WrestleMania 32? Uh, yeah, I think so. You think so? I That one I was around okay cool yeah. all right anyway okay so I tell you all of that because unthinkably and this is another part of it is this is unthinkably we got invited via cricket wireless to go back to the fucking hotel where all the wrestlers stayed that's like on lockdown I didn't even know it's like a, like lockdown where like you have to have this fucking key and all this shit to get in and it was the Fairmont here in Dallas. I don't know where they stayed this past time, but in 32 it was the Fairmont. And this guy had to come out and give us this key. He, he brings us in. I got to have a, a, one of the first of those El Segundo beers with Steve Austin. They weren't even serving yet. He put out of his fucking, he, had a, he was at the bar with his suit. I could talk about that not all night long, but I'm only gonna talk about this guy for a second. And that fucking guy was there. Mm-hmm. I had just started this show. And Diamond Dallas Page was my first guest. And Diamond Dallas, Dallas, if you're listening, he is responsible for this. Dallas was like, you're a great guy. You have a great voice. You know a lot about wrestling. I will be your first guest. This is what you should be doing. Okay? So Diamond Dallas Page put me on the map doing this. And we had just done it just a few months prior. So I, so I see Dolly coming down the fucking hallway. And he sees me and gives me a big hug and everything else. And then like suddenly like three or four people kind of surround him. And that fucking douchebag guy was one of them, right? And so suddenly Dallas switched gears and goes into promotion mode. He's starting DDP yoga and all that. And this guy was such a douchebag. He goes, yeah, I've already interviewed you. And, and, and then suddenly like he said something to Dallas was like, well, let me give you my number. Like something, whatever he said, whoever he was with, Dallas wanted to hear. He goes, he goes, here, just, he goes, he goes, look, uh, he goes, I think I already have you. And he hit it in, in Dallas's phone rang. So all of his, he goes, yeah, just call me whenever. Like, he was that much of a fucking douchebag, right? He was already had, it was a shithead to my nephew, yeah. who I would have loved to have punched his fucking lights out then. I realize while I'm sitting there, it's the same fucking guy. Jeez. Okay? 
So when it came to me, I literally was willing to fucking almost forego any and all future opportunities. Byron Saxon tells you, you're supposed to stand up and go, hi, you know, your name, your outlet, and then your question, hi, I'm Roy Turner with This Is Wrestling, yeah. blah, 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 okay? I was, the guy's fucking name, you can look at it, the guy's name is Nick Houseman, okay? And he's with House of Wrestling, whatever. I, instead of saying, this is, uh, hi, my, my name is Roy Turner, I'm with This Is Wrestling, whatever, yeah. I heart rating, whatever, I was gonna stand up and I'm gonna go, Hi, I'm Roy Turner. I'm with fucknickhausman.com or, or, or Nick Hausman something. I was going to do it. I really yeah. was. I was. I was committed to do it. I was like, you know, I'm, I was going to sing. And uh, anyway, Paul Heyman and, and Roman Reigns have to make goes, Oh, he goes, you watched your question? Okay, great. Thanks. We're done. And he gets up and he leaves. Damn. Okay. Triple H comes out. And... Triple H talks for like 30, 40, like 30 minutes, almost 30 minutes straight. He goes, okay, so we open the question. He goes, let's go ahead and get to it. He goes, okay, Hausman. Like Triple H knows who he is. He's in this, <laughs> this, and all his little fucking wannabe yeah. people are all just swooning, wow. you know. He goes, let's get it off, let's get it off the table, you know. And so he got to ask that same question. He got to ask that fucking, there's a hundred of us in here. He got to ask, and that, this shithead got to ask the same question twice, okay. Damn. I'm going to end here with this. Finally, the microphone comes my way. And I hate for you to leave like this because this is a fucking downer, man. Okay. Oh, and it's about to be my turn. I'm next. And he goes, before, and I'm right in front of him. He goes, before I take your question, he goes, I just wanted to say something that we had gotten word. Remember during Bianca's thing? Remember how I said that Bianca was crying earlier? Yeah, yeah. That they had, and apparently she didn't know until then, huh. I guess huh. after the show. And Triple H goes, We had gotten word, he goes, that one of the little girls, you know, the, the, the divas of Compton, and uh -huh. this is why we do what we do to offer opportunities to, yeah. to children like that. The young one, the, the contortionist, yeah. the one who's. Right. I remember her. Her mother was killed on the way to the stadium that morning. <gasps> oh my God. Really? Her mother was fucking killed on the way to the stadium. And I don't know if it was a car accident or she lives in Compton or Damn. she was already sick, whatever. Jeez, that's horrible. It's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life, especially just you know, as a fucking dad. And if you were in that room and you heard Triple H say it and he started, Triple H yeah. is, you have to watch it. He's visibly crying. That's he horrible. had to stop himself compose himself this was supposed to be this little girl's greatest day of her life yeah. she's gonna she comes from compton california and now she's gonna be performing in front of you know millions eighty thousand on the worst day of her life Jeez. that her mother didn't get to see Man. and dude i don't i don't I had to bring you down i i couldn't even i can't I, I'm, I'm trying to hold it together right now telling you this to you Damn. and i was just like triple h is looking at me he's crying i'm crying the whole fucking room is crying, except for probably that dickhead Nick Housman. Yeah. And now I get it. I get why Bianca was so upset when I wow. saw her earlier. And so when, it, so I was about to ask my question. No, it doesn't matter. And I just, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, yeah. I didn't want to look that way to, you know, uh, my children had already seen me on camera, thankfully, you know, Jocelyn and Tori, and I just, I just handed the microphone away. Damn. Probably do the right thing. I mean, I don't even know how you follow up 
terrible news like that with a question about wrestling. Yeah. Um, but jeez. But did, did, did I not tell you I had a story for you? Uh, yeah, that's a hell of a story. Yes. A hell of a story. Um, and an amazing way to end WrestleMania. <laughs> that, that's how WrestleMania ended for me. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. You know? Unbelievable. Uh, well, you know, actually, I did have, uh, afterwards, I had a great chat with Byron Saxton. Uh, he was a super nice guy, and, and we, we, we had a nice chat. And, and this is where I went out through the door I was supposed to be entering from, and that's where I realized that I'm underneath those stairs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time, and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. Yeah.